Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Paul Leftenegger on his album Diamond Light. Wonderful young man doing some great, great music. Um, It's interesting how that talent was sitting in him his whole life, but it wasn't until his father committed suicide that it actually got birthed. And so things have a way of shifting in our lives, either through tragedy or through love, 
or just through the unfolding of life, things are just happening. It has been an interesting opening of 2020, from missiles being dropped in Iran to impeachment hearings that are continuing in the United States to our wonderful country of Australia going through lots of fires and so many of our sweet animals are dying. And one of the ways I'd like to invite you to look at all of this stuff, all of this stuff that's starting in this decade, is to consider it a burning down for a regrowth. To try to look now, and it's not so easy to do if you haven't been doing it for a while, but let me at least just be an instrument to plant the seed. That what if everything in life is really just cyclical and it goes through periods where it has to completely break down in order to be restored? So what if the fires had to happen in order to restore the planet and lives are being taken and animal lives are being taken and the and, and the forestry is being, you know, turned into ashes. But what if that is also a re-nurturing of the planet? What if that's trying to create some sort of a balance because somewhere else there's an imbalance? Which is why it's important for us now to really begin to sincerely pause and understand that whatever you think, say and do connects to the whole. It connects to the collective of our humanity. So however angry you get, does the vibration of anger stimulate natural calamities? I'm just saying. To whatever extent you, you, you we walk with the energy of fear or deception or lies or deceit, what consequence does that vibration carry into the elements that make up our bodies, that makes up the the nature, the water, the the earth, the air, the ethers? What what is the impact? Haven't you walked into a room where people were fighting and even though when you walked in they stopped fighting, you could still feel the vibration of the energy in that room? Haven't you passed by a particular place where um, the energy in that space or neighborhood maybe has a lot of violence, and even though you haven't seen the violence, you walk into the space and you still feel very on edge, sort of cautionary, because of the vibration of the thoughts. And 2020 is really the year for us to recognize that our thoughts matter and that our thoughts are creating vibrations and that our thoughts are making the world the way that it is. So imagine if these thoughts also come into action. What actually are we seeing? So I know because it's easier to see the lower vibrational energy at play, which is governed by the intentions of an acronym I've used for so many years the acronym is known as ALGE, A for anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, and E for ego. The more we think from that place of intention, the more negativity and vibrations will be um, amplified, not only in our own bodies, but in our environment, in our the way that we live, and in our cities, and in our state, and in our country, and in the world and in the universe. Start to think this way. Does this thought create sustainability or is this thought taking us into darkness or despair? Remember, chaos needs no energy because it needs no order. But when you put things in order, you're going to need to make effort. And right now, we, as citizens of this planet, are being called to put our lives in order so we can put the planet back in order. So imagine if we start to be a little bit more cooler inside and and accommodate things a little bit with grace or more grace. Will there be as many fires? Will there be a lot of earthquakes? Will there be a lot of everything? Won't the planet just start to vibrate based on the way that we are? I leave you that as food for thought today as you join us on America Meditating Radio. I am so excited to have a chit-chat with our next guest, Petra Stark. Okay, that's just remember that name, Petra Stark. 
She is the founder and the CEO of Sweat and Glow, which was born out of her vision. In collaboration with leading hot yoga studios, teachers, practitioners, and even Swiss entrepreneurs, Petra has always had a passion for yoga and fitness, including while previously serving in the Obama White House, and practicing law at a large law firm in Washington, D.C., rather than have lunch at her desk, she taught spinning and yoga at the White House gym at the nation's capital, YM, and at the nation's capital, YMCA. She's a certified hot yoga bear, what do you call it, hot yoga bar and spinning instructor and former triathlete and marathon runner. Today, I warmly welcome my sweet sister, Petra Stark, to the air. Hi, Petra. Hi, Sister Jana. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm so excited for us to have this talk. You know, every time I talk about you or remember you and just imagine you in the White House doing your stretches and your twists, you must have been quite an interesting <laughs> energy there. But I guess you must have been one of the additional balances in the White House back in the last administration, would you say? Exactly. I would definitely say so. <laughs> I bet you were. So tell me what, you know, firstly, tell me what got you into law? Why did you pick up law in the first place? You know, I've always been a person who wanted to affect change. And so I felt that people who have the capacity should probably get educated in law, whether they will become lawyers or not. So they understand their own rights and they can help other people who may not be savvy to navigate the law. So to me, like law was a no-brainer, some a tool that I needed to get into my toolbox. Mm-hmm. Now you seem to be like an overachiever. I mean, here you are. You're born in a small <laughs> town in Czech Republic. You were even a chess champion at a very young age. Um, you studied at the Prague School of Economics while supporting yourself as a model, and then still you ended up in a very prominent international law firm. What's what's driving you? What's what's driving this life of yours, Petra Stark? You know, I feel it was a really interesting introduction you did right before I came on your show because basically I have worked very hard in my life to sort of distinguish between fear and love. And I feel that um, all the vibrations that our planet creates really results from all of these thoughts that people put out. So for me, personally, I work very, very hard on myself to dismiss any thought (laughs) that is based in your allergy acronym. So I try to push it out of my mind and I really am committed to just trying to find love and working on myself. And so basically... You know, a day only has 24 hours, and I'm trying to accomplish as much as I can in every single day Mm. while sort of following a vision of changing the world. Mm. It's a big job, isn't it? (laughs) It feels like it every day because the day only does have 24 hours. Are you still hopeful about our humanity looking at the uh, direction that it's going in? I am because I feel that, um, again, to really (laughs) use your thoughts in the beginning, that sometimes, you know, chaos does not really require any energy. And the world is in a big chaos right now. And I feel there is going to be a big explosion or maybe we're already part of the big explosion. And I think positivity will come back in place and imbalance will become balance again. Mm, nicely said. Now, I know that you've been doing a lot of um, work in yoga, in the yoga industry, in the yoga world, and you have quite an interesting story about Bikram Yoga, you know, the one who had founded Bikram and had realized that, mm, not quite sure you're going to keep supporting this energy. We were in California recently, everyone, and Petra and I just sat and, and talked about her time with the founder of Bikram Yoga and how tumultuous it was, but how it impacted her to turn something negative into something positive. Could you share a little bit about that particular period? Sure. So in line with my, like, conscious effort, you know, to not live in the world that's based in fear and try to turn everything into the world that's based in love. I, I 
intersected my my life journey intersected with Bikram Chowdhury, the founder of Bikram Yoga, because of my love and passion for yoga. And I believe that meditation, whether it's a still meditation or hot yoga as a moving meditation, really can focus people and help them get in touch with their best selves and, and transform people's lives. When you do the physical meditation, people also see changes in their body. So it's a very, very, very positive thing to, to really get engaged in hot yoga. And a lot of people become addicted to it. And it seems that a lot of people who had suffered from addictions to unhealthy things sometimes refocus and get addicted to hot yoga. So I saw the product, hot yoga, as life-transforming and beneficial for everyone. But unfortunately, um, during my time with Vikram Chowdhury, I realized that he was a very flawed man. You know, all humans are flawed, but some people are more flawed than others. And so um, because he essentially, I would call him a predator. He was a person who is very, very charismatic, or he is a person who is very charismatic, and when he his number one gift is that he can sell as he used to sell, as he used to say himself ice to Eskimos. So he walks into a room and he immediately can see people's energy, and he will always prey on the weak. He doesn't work mm. very hard. He does not want to put much effort into it, you know. And unfortunately, I'm sure, Sister Jenna, you see it yourself when you. When people look up to you and they want you to transform their lives and heal and help them find themselves, they elevate that person to a status of what he called guru, you know, or almost a godlike, really. And I mm -hmm. think if people are not properly equipped and don't stay in touch with their true selves, they become corrupted and, and bad things happen. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm it's funny because I have seen the documentary that you had told me about, and for uh, maybe it's just me because I have discerning abilities. I just like I don't see how anyone got attracted into his energy, but perhaps it's like what you said that if there is an element in your nature, not to say that you're not strong, but there is a particular area that he's able to zone in. Then, of course, like a fish in the ocean, if you you know send the right bait and you're hungry, you know you you bite it and then you you can get right right into it. So, as a result of you recognizing that this energy, this character, and this behavior wasn't what you believed in, you moved into sweat and glow, right? You got into a whole different movement of yoga and branded this beautiful movement of sweat and glow, which is covering the country and also other countries outside of the U.S. Could you tell us more about that? Yes, yeah, so basically the one, I'll add one more comment to your previous thought on Bikram. I think you discerned his energy right away in the documentary, but I also think the people fell in love with the product because they may have never even interacted with him. So the yoga transformed them and therefore they elevated him to this like, you know, superhuman status that he really didn't deserve. And so for me, I was thinking how much the studio suffered, how much the practitioners suffered because they kind of became dependent on hot yoga. And suddenly when his behavior was exposed, nobody wanted to be associated with it. Instead of it being positive and life-changing people looked at you like "Ooh, you are associated with that sleazy character and you do this thing Bikram yoga isn't that the dirty man in the speedo that's like assaulting women you know and mm -hmm. so to me that wasn't fair because like it the product the practice of hot yoga didn't change it's the same but it needed to be rebranded so that it can be it can create a, a gap or a distance from this taint of, of the man who really commercialized it. You know, he takes credit for inventing it. That's not true. People have practiced the same sequence in Calcutta before he was born. So essentially, uh, I felt that we needed to take the power back 
after this chaos and explosion in the Bikram world and that we needed to create a brand that's positive, forward-moving, modern, and that we started listening to our constituents because, like, his his whole paradigm was, like, my way or the highway. I tell you what to do. You have no brain, you know, <laughs> kind of like how cult leaders manipulate the masses. And so it's mm-hmm. like, no, people need shorter classes because people don't have two hours. You know, people can revolve their life. It helps them, but it's better for them to stretch and move for one hour than two hours. If right. uh, people, you know, people need to see positive examples. It's not okay to insult people. He used to call people in classes, you're fat, you're Miss Boobs, you're this, you're that. You know, I don't want to see jiggle, 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 things like that. And so with, with Sweat and Glow, basically, we took the best parts, really, of traditional hot yoga and, and wrapped them in a very positive, forward-moving movement. We partnered with the Love Button Org. Like basically, we want to empower people so that they feel good about themselves and yet push them to new boundaries instead mm-hmm. of destroy them and bring them down. You know, that's the biggest difference, really. And then we created technology tools. So we created like a booking engine and like inter- sort of gamification, interactive. Uh, games for like yoga challenge that's something we're going to be releasing this year in the new year we gave the studios more power because now we can help them like buy you know their tools their masks for much cheaper price and partner with some cool brands and movements and put them back on the map beautiful beautiful now a lot of us consider in america especially yoga as a fad or a physical aspect of yoga but you take it to another level you're more into the internal healing aspect of yoga could you talk about that for sure because you know when you go to the difference between like a sweat and glow and other yoga studios is that sometimes you know people like the idea of of being called or labeled yogi or yogini and everybody walks around in the stretchy little pants and it's like cool to belong you know everybody always looks I feel like people always need to belong because we live in a society and we live in a world and we can be entity of ourselves so what happens then is people get too focused on the physical part And they are like, oh, it would be cool to be a yoga instructor. So they go somewhere and they get trained in one weekend, you know, and what can you really learn in one weekend? So then you come to a yoga studio and people tell people will tell you a lot about their own life, the instructor, and they just kind of string together a sequence and don't pay attention to alignment, which over time can be very, very dangerous. There is more yoga injuries than there is injuries from playing football, from playing football, which is very violent sport. Because if you do every day something in incorrect alignment, eventually you will need a hip surgery or knee surgery or whatever. And so for right. me, you know, the even the physical part, why do we do yoga? Well, the hot yoga especially is to be able to meditate because basically when you are in the heat and humidity, interesting thing happens. It's almost like you disconnect from yourself. So you're looking at yourself in the mirror, but you don't see yourself. It's like you're looking at yourself almost from the outside and you go through the motions and you really have to like cue in And I feel that you really connect with your spirit. And a lot of times if I have things going on in life that I don't like, or I'm bothered about this, or I'm trying to solve this problem, like during this time in the hot room, I feel that I cleanse of that and I work through these issues. And that to me is like the spiritual aspect, which is very different from going somewhere putting in playlists and moving, you know, with a bunch of people, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if that makes sense to you. I don't know if I can verbalize it properly, but it's like something very magical happens in the hot room. Sure. You know, I look at it at a spiritual level as well, in addition to what you said, that the heat is symbolic of the need of the soul connecting to Uh, a very deep, warm level of its own inner truth that will melt all the illusions 
that tend to create all the issues in life. And, you know, this is how I tend to always connect things like the physical to the spiritual because I find it really important Mm -hmm. for us to, you know, not get so caught up in the physical. In addition, though, to balance the physical with the spiritual, with the spiritual. Now, I know that meditation is a very important part of your own life, and can you share, is there a specific meditation that you do, or do you do um, all kinds of meditations? I do all kinds of meditations. I have become more enlightened since you came into my life, (laughs) because I always felt, you know, I'm one of these, like, type A personality people who have Mm a hard time sitting still. So I've tried like traditional meditation when you like sit in lotus, you know, and and sometimes I have a favorite yoga teacher, Mary Jarvis from the hot yoga world. And she says, really, yoga is about the ability to sit in lotus with yourself. And that's kind of to me what meditation is, you know, where you can really like look into your, your soul, look into your, connect with your spirit. And really sort of like be in touch with yourself. I don't know how else to describe it. And so I have tried different tools. I think for me, the the easiest way really is in that moving meditation in the hot room. Because um, I'm having a hard time sort of like sitting still with myself. But I know when we met in LA and I went to your special room and I was sitting quiet. It was amazing. So I'm Mm going to give it a shot to try again and i know like of some interesting things you've done with the rappers and making it a little bit lighter maybe i always i used to always tell people that even though i'm so into yoga i'm not evolved as a human being because (laughs) i'm not able to meditate in the traditional Mm. way it'll happen you'll see i know you're going to be in dc we'll spend some good quality time together um, in addition to all of your expansion of Sweat and Glow as a brand and its mission of really helping people to be more healthier internally and externally, you're also doing a lot of good with yoga where the military is concerned, where youths are concerned. Could you elaborate a little bit more on these specific areas that Sweat and Glow has been reaching out to? Sure. So basically, you know, because... I started with Vikram as the CEO of of his company, basically, of this big hot yoga empire. I have been privileged to see some empirical studies, how really the frequent practice of hot yoga changes uh, both physical and mental, mental issues that people have. And, and I started thinking like, how can we help people even, even more? And so I did an event on Capitol Hill where actually you and I met for the first time in real life where we were Mm -hmm. trying to bring like yoga, meditation, all these elements into Congress, inside Capitol so that people can look at their lives and maybe even the current events differently and empower them. And so during this time, I realized that that there is a special community that really needs us, and that's military and military families. You know, whether it's veterans coming back from combat, whether it's the families who get uprooted to move with their loved one, sometimes, you know, 45 times in 19 years or something, or whether it's active military because of how I described how yoga, I feel, gives you tools to refocus, you know, if you did nothing else but learn how to breathe and pause, that will really help you cope with difficult situations in life. And so I started having conversations basically with some like high levels in the military through my political background and my service in the Obama White House and all my activities with Congress. And we were able to enter into a partnership really with Blue Star Families, which is the official 501c3 of the military and military spouses. And they have something like 1.5 million members, 50 chapters around the world. And so we're starting a pilot program that I hope you will join us in in the D.C. area in the first six months of this year. And then we Mm -hmm. hope to roll it out to all of their chapters. So we will be doing like special events. We will be doing teacher training that's more customized for the needs of this community because I think it will be extremely beneficial to Mm, them. It will be. It will be. And it's really uh, very needed 
nowadays especially more than ever. Um, so looking at all that you're doing and being a driven spirit in this incarnation, people are talking a lot about self-love, Petra, and they're in need for taking care of themselves and being a lot more mindful about things. What's your What's your input on what self-love is and, and how do we get to that place? If it's still something that you're working on too, but, you know, looking at it, you know, self-love, uh, how oh, do we get there? For sure. So for me, you know, I think a lot depends what kind of person you are. And, and generally, probably people who are kind of like similar to me, who are very driven and try to do, you know, my husband always says, we don't have a helicopter, you overcome it. <laughs> and I think I can be in LA and DC and, and Paris at the same time. But, you know, I want to do it all and I want to really contribute. And so I think this category of people, I'm also my harshest critic. And I tend to beat myself up and I want to fix everything and I want to fix everybody. But sometimes, and I, I'm a strong person, so I can do it for a a lot, an extended period of time, but sometimes I just feel really drained. And so I have come to realize, and it's been really more with getting in touch and becoming familiar with the love button org and the work you're mm -hmm. doing now with them is that really I can't help anyone if I don't love myself. I don't believe a human being is capable of love for another if they don't love themselves. And yeah. so you know, how do you demonstrate that? Everybody is always, most people live in the future or they live in the past. Either they had some great success in the past, so they keep going to it. And I'm sure you've met people who are like idealized when they played in the high school band or something, you know, and then there are mm -hmm. people who are like, I want to have this job and I want to have this house and I want to have this, 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 but no one, very few people seem to be able to live in the present moment. And so yeah. I think to me, and I'm working on it, it's work in progress, but to me, self-love is like every day I need to do something for myself. In my case, you know, I have this need to do a lot of physical exercise. So to me, like being able to practice my yoga, which is also meditation to me, and being able to like go to the gym and dance and do silly things, that's sort of like the love that I give to myself. And if I don't do that, sometimes, you know, the day does have only 24 hours, so sometimes it's not possible, I'm traveling or something, and I find myself much um, more angry or unhappy or unfocused so i think everybody needs to at least take what would you say you are the expert on like meditation and stuff i would say at least 15 minutes for yourself whether it's when you wake up maybe it's when you wake up and maybe it's right before you go to bed that's what i think i think it's vital for us to recognize what works best for us and how best to move our own story forward. So we have to find what somehow sits well within the spirit, right? Oh, and sure. when 100%. we do that, right, and when we do that, it, it just starts to connect at a much deeper level. So with all that you've got going on and your your authenticity in saying that, you know, you're still working on your deeper, you know, meditation practice and making that into what it needs to be, your collaborations with so many other groups. What's in your deepest sense of yourself, if there was anything that you would love to share with us that you know you're ready to make a change in, what would that be? I think, um, wow, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I like how you <laughs> challenge me, Sister Jenna. Well, I think, <laughs> you know, for me, it probably is the ability to to bring my meditation that sort of quiet time higher because I feel that um, by this active life and like moving a thousand miles per hour, um, I probably shove some some emotional issues way deep. Like I just don't deal with them because there's no time for that, you know, and then. Mm -hmm. I think if if I I think in 2020 
I want to really be able to have this quiet time with myself and really have a conversation with myself every day, whether it's only for five minutes so that I can grow spiritually in that compartment because I also, I don't like conflict. And so I feel like I tend to overlook, forgive, like I'm very, very harsh on myself, but I'm always forgiving of other people. And I think part of it is because we just kind of shove everything in the back of our mind. You know, I know you're very familiar with Dr. Siddiqui, but his whole clarity mm-hmm. cleanse movement and the love button right. resonates with me because I think it's true. And I think eventually the human body manifests if you don't deal with these issues in a disease or something like that, sickness, you know? Right, right. I agree with you. It, we're we're going to definitely need to address our issues and our stories much more than we have in the past. Not to be heavy, but we actually address it because we know lightness is the way. Because glow is what your whole campaign's about, and we can't glow for That's holding right. on to a lot of stories from the past, right? So we've got exactly, to keep glowing. Exactly. Well, Petra, yeah, I you got know, the sweat part down. But I'm not Go ahead. Sure I bet I'm you do. I bet glow, you do. You know? <laughs> I know you do. I know anyway. you do. So, we, you know, with all the good that you're doing, please um, leave our listeners with a website or information and how they can maybe get in touch, find a sweat and glow somewhere in their town or country. Uh, I'm sure they would love to know. For sure. So our website is www.sweat, the word sweat, letter N, and glow g l o w dot com and my my email is Petra at Sweat and Glow. I would love any questions that the listeners have. If they go on our website, they will see the locations. They can get our newsletters, and they will see a lot of new action in 2020. You and me side by side in some of our. <laughs> I'm looking forward and to that. And congratulations, congratulations for all the good, and to be continued. Right. Exactly, like everything else in life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all the very best. Thanks for joining us on air today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. (laughs) Isn't it fantastic, everyone? You know, uh, a lawyer, um, a motivational speaker, working at the White House, and now she's a certified yoga teacher taking it to the military, taking it to kids, taking it to um, returning citizens in society everywhere. Petra Stark, you're just amazing. Remember, if you'd like to get information on her work, go to sweatnglow.com. That's sweatnglow.com. Or visit her at Petra, Petra Smeltzer Stark, so .com. Petra Smeltzer Stark.com. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. And let's do this. Let's get this together. Um, Just remember the power of silence. It's not an absence of not speaking or being in a quiet room, but it really is an absence of waste and negative patterns of thinking. Here's flying free by letting go. You take care of yourself.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.